certainly is. Right, I think we're good. Um, so yeah, I guess given where we are, uh, it's prudent to ask how the shop's been going. The shop has been um, the shop's been a learning curve for me. Yeah. Obviously, it's um, what I would say is that like starting a business in a global pandemic is not ideal. No. I wouldn't advise it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's given me it's given me something to really focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, yeah. Th- the learning curve has been the, the kind of one of the most beautiful parts about it because mm-hmm. it's been a lot that I didn't know. So I've, I've, I found my, you know, I'm a business owner now, mm-hmm. which is which is it's not really enough to just love tattooing. Yeah, you kind of have to half understand Excel spreadsheets and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. accounting and law and all this shit. So it's um yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a wild ride, but all in all, the shop itself. Is, is functioning and it's and it's doing it's doing pretty well. Yeah, it's doing really well. It's a beautiful spot. Like I know we spoke about it before. Um, the fact that it's so idyllic. Once you close those blinds and shut the door, it's like you're not in London. Yeah. Um, and getting tattooed where I was getting tattooed, like it, it sucked obviously. But the fact that it's such a relaxing spot with such relaxing music and a relaxing mm. environment and the people, obviously. Yeah. It made it. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyable experience. I'm glad to hear that because getting your knee tattooed by any account should not be a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Oh no, that wasn't. But, but, uh, but it, it's nice to hear that you you know, yeah, your overall experience of the shop and getting tattooed here has been, yeah, one of peace and, and tranquility. I, I think that I've been tattooed for 17 years and I've been around the industry that entire time, and I've seen all of the changes and the fluctuations, and you know, getting tattooed is expensive, it's painful, and it can be a really intimidating yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just make sure that, like, we made our customers and our clients feel as comfortable as possible as soon as they walk through the door, you know? So you're offered a cup of tea, you're offered a drink, whatever you want, like, if you need some space, if you need to charge your phone, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you need, like, we're, we're kind of here to advise and, and support and just encourage and that just means that your whole tattoo experience is a lot easier it's a lot it like does help it really does if help if you walk in like getting tattooed is an intimate thing mm-hmm. and um if you go somewhere and you don't feel like you don't feel welcome there straight away then that just that makes the whole thing quite traumatic mm-hmm. and uh, i just don't want anyone to come to my shop and have a traumatic experience. I just want them to come and just really, when they think about tattoos, I, w- I want them to think of us. Yeah. And and, and it be really positive. Yeah. So well, it certainly was that. Like, with the the uh, the offer of chocolate cake when I first came <laughs> in as well. <laughs> Homemade chocolate cake. Oh, that was the best, she's, man. She's fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But she's gonna be. Yeah, that's Ossian. She's already an amazing illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the apprentices here, and she's yeah. She's a great tattooer, gonna mm-hmm. be a great tattooer, but is already a great cook. So yeah, it's amazing little baby. Properly yeah. nice as well. Like yeah, yeah, she's lovely. Dead county. Yeah. Like the uh, opening the shop when you did, you mm. you were planning it from be- way before lockdown, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did lockdown affect? I don't want to go straight into how did it affect you mentally, but mm. like, how what did it do to you? Obviously, it stuck with your plans to open the shop when you did. 
Yeah, so we signed, we were negotiating the lease for months and we ended up signing the lease in about the first week of March, mm -hmm. which as everyone knows, two weeks later yep. we were in lockdown mm -hmm. and that was just quite quite a rough time. I think I took I took a pretty serious dip around yep. that time and for about a week I just went into myself was sleeping really badly, mm -hmm. playing video games all day, literally all day. Yeah. Um, I think I got I got platinum camo for my for my submachine guns on Warzone. Yeah. And when I got that, I was like, oh, this, this, <laughs> this is. A, I didn't feel good about it. It was you know? crystallizing moments. I was like, oh no, that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, I was like, when you get that achievement, you've played like a thousand hours, and you're thinking, I could have got a degree. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, and I'm still stuck at this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, so I, when I did that and I got that, yeah, that platinum camo, I was like, I was like, okay, enough. And I, st and I literally just packed my whole PlayStation up, mm -hmm. and I was like, I've got, I've been given this time, and I just looked at it as a massive gift. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is this is a huge gift. Yeah. Um, because I haven't been able to slow down for the past five years. Gonna have loads more time with my daughter over the summer now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the world is different and it's kind of scary, but I've just been gifted a ton of time at home in my studio. So I just painted. I just painted and painted and painted. I made like over 150 sheets of flash. Yeah. You know, something mental like over 500 ink roulette paintings. They were great. You know, thank they were you. super cool. Thank you. Yeah, that, it was a nice way to connect with fans and show them something new and paint and like loosen up and it also financially it, it helped massively it literally saved this shop of course like financially obviously i'm sure it helped but did having that kind of outlet help uh, like yeah. up there yeah, oh absolutely it was so meditative but the whole process like doing that doing those paintings in front of people um and it being live and it being a, a, a shared experience was mm -hmm. it was awesome like you can't because you know, music. I have that connection with people, mm -hmm. and it's and it's a beautiful thing. And afterwards, you bump into a few people, and they, you know, want a picture and they want to chat to you. And, and summer is the busiest time for that. Summer mm -hmm. is like that feeds my soul. Mm -hmm. You know, particularly to get through the winters. Cause yeah. I find the, I find winter quite hard. Yeah. And um, and so like, I needed to find a way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and. You know, it's really um, it's lovely for me to hear. Like I would, go, I would invite people on the live, and they'd be so surprised. They'd be like, "I didn't think you'd pick me." <laughs> I'm like, well, surprise, like. Yeah. And then you know, I'd ask them like, what they wanted me to paint, and then I'd paint it while they, and then I'd ask them some questions, and they'd tell me their stories, and mm -hmm. everyone was just so sweet. Everyone had such a nice, like something nice to say. And well, I, I think th th that helped us as well. Mm. Um, like I think coming back to that in a minute, the the sweet like. The band attracts good people. Mm. There's a good vibe around the band, and that attracts good people. But just doing that, it helped us. Like right. I can speak from experience. Oh, Frank's going live quick now. Mm. Like people would stop what they're doing. It gave people other things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. If sure. they didn't have a social life anymore, or they couldn't go to work or what mm. have you. It really did help. I spoke to dozens of people who had that. Oh wow, it was awesome. That's awesome. But it was good again. Um, seeing people from around the world. 
Yeah. Like, there was a girl in, was she, was she in Switzerland? Yeah. She had a mountain out of her back sunset. window on that? Yeah, yeah. Wild. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. But it's like, what's the, I'm trying to think, is the, the future of the shop just continuing what you're doing, you think? Yeah, the, so the shop was always supposed to be my, like, um, it is the th- tattooing is actually the thing that I know best, probably, mm-hmm. out of everything. I know, I know music really, really well, but mm-hmm. music is just such a variable. Yeah. You, you can you can do amazingly well, like, and it can just fall apart, like, it, and for no real reason. It's, mm-hmm. it's all, music has always been a bit of a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it, and I'm good at it, and I'll just keep playing, and, and I won't really worry about it. But mm-hmm. tattooing is something where, like, I know it, and I can teach other people, and I... I just really wanted to make a spot like I've been in loads of tattoo shops some of them I've loved some of them I've not loved and I, I just I just knew always that like it would be remiss of me to not have my own shop one day mm-hmm. that would be silly yeah, you know totally and so when this one came up last year um, I came and saw the space and I could see I had a vision for it you know mm-hmm. and we're there we've achieved it now. yeah and again like H- half achieved it I'm getting there, man. Yeah. It's super well, cool. yeah. The real, the big vision is is the basement. Like yeah. That, that's like we've got a basement. You can't stand up down there. I really want to dig it out and have another floor downstairs. Yeah. That that was my big goal because then I'd have, like, I'd soundproof the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We'd have a whole setup down there, and rattlesnakes could just come and play whenever they want. Mm-hmm. And then I've got everything I need in London. Yeah. And I'd have to worry ever again. I know? like that. Um, that's that's my dream dream. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. How achievable do you think that is? I'm gonna do I mean a obviously it's achievable. Yeah, I'll do a core sample of the floor and see what's beneath the concrete. Mm-hmm. If it's just hectic down there, I probably won't bother and I'll just have like... I, I've, th- I've been toying with a few ideas, right? Because it, it's like, I'm 5'7", mm-hmm. and I can stand up in between the beams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, uh, so it's, it's not a big space, but when you're sitting, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Yeah, there's yeah. room and it's bright down there and it's dry and it's not damp and it doesn't smell. So like, I was like, okay, I can clear it all out, and we can just sit down there. And we can have big tables, mm-hmm. and we can just play fucking Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or Warhammer or play Magic the Gathering in the basement, mm-hmm. and it'll be like the game dungeon. Yeah. You know? So that was one option, and then the other option was I get my friends down here for a weekend. We just build some really weird shapes out of two before, board it all up, mm-hmm. and we have a climbing wall, yeah. an actual cave. You know, so you mm-hmm. just climb over the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Like. So those are the two options if we can't dig down. If we can dig down, I'll dig it out and we'll make, we'll we'll put like, that'll be Rattlesnakes HQ. We'll have our own permanent room that we can record in and write in forever for the next 15 years. And that that's the dream. Because if I can give that back to the band, then I've done something pretty major, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, yeah. you you speak about uh, Rattlesnakes for the next 15 years. Mm. It's a terribly Parkinson type question. Mm-hmm. But like, you would, you did Gallows, I think for six years you were with Gallows? ish yeah um yeah about yeah 2005 ish to 11 yeah. and then i think it was three with pure love if that um is there an upper end on on rattlesnakes no fucking way man nah nah me and dino just we just get each other do you no, think that's no. why it's endured as much as it has yeah and like i have an ego on me obviously i'm a fucking rock star you know you can't, you can't be a rock star if you don't have a bit of an ego nah. Dina has an ego about him in different ways, but mm-hmm. we don't bring our egos to 
to each other. Like no. When we talk, it's adult to adult. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few adult to adult relationships I have in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, genuinely. And um, so when we talk, I can talk to him calmly. We can we can argue and mm -hmm. we can disagree, and we still like we just put it down. Um, there's no upper limit on rattlesnakes. We we you know last year we got into it. We cut carved out some time to write. We wrote a whole album of mm. music for an for an entirely different band. Wow. Yeah. Just just it just fell out of us. It just and it's crazy. It's fucking nuts. Why would it be for a different band? Sorry. Because it's it, it definitely can't be for rattlesnakes. No. Not, it's not. No. If we put, if we put it out as rattlesnakes, our fans would just be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, okay. what is this? It's not like any. It's completely like alt pop, like." Mm -hmm. uh, genre bending like fucking trip hop almost. I'm here for that. It's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best it's it's definitely some of the best songs I've ever written and he he as well. And so we're working on that now to try and find a a space for that in the world. Mm -hmm. Um and it will come out one day. It's mm -hmm. it's cool as fuck. Awesome. Like, it's really cool. Um but it's just not rattlesnakes and like you know, when you've got a rock band that is working and mm -hmm. it's moving, it, that's the kind of thing you've got to nurture that. You can't, well, yeah. just, you can't just make big, bold swings because the whole world can just say no and mm -hmm. leave you behind. So. Yeah. Plus, we're working on album four anyway. So yeah? Yeah. Bad boy. <laughs> uh, can you tell me anything about that? It's, um, so it's like... I think in every one of our albums we've we've written like there's been one or two songs that have had the sound of the band that we want to be mm -hmm. if that makes sense and like That's interesting. Our, each of our albums we've made have been so eclectic mm -hmm. it's actually been it's actually kind of done a disservice to us in the great in the grander scheme of things like okay. I mean they've been they've been too wide too varied and so not everyone can like People can listen to the album if they're a fan of the band, they'll appreciate, it, they'll understand where we're coming from. But to your everyday listener who just might pick that up, it's a lot to get your head around. Yeah, okay. And you. there's no, there's never been a focused sound, mm -hmm. you know, for Rattlesnake. Yeah, yeah. It's just been like kind of fluid and we've been exploring. Mm -hmm. You think about all those bands, like I say it all the time, but Elton John, he didn't have a hit to his third album. Yeah. You know, no, to his fourth album. He, he made three albums and he made the fourth flex. You, uh, bands aren't given the time to develop anymore. They're, mm -hmm. they're not given the time to explore, to find out who they are. Mm -hmm. When you get to album four, like the pressure is off. You're relaxed. Yep. You're trying to understand like who you are, who you want to be, what you want to write. Bollocks! Just cracked my fucking screen. But your actual screen, you've cracked. Yeah. Not a protector. I mean, that's just me though. I, I don't fucking. <laughs> uh, oh well. Oh, I'm um, sorry, man. No, don't be. It's my fault. Um, but I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, um, we're speaking there about Idols. Mm. The sound from their first couple of albums, Brutalism was uh, more them, but the one before that, mm. it was totally different. Mm. And now they've emerged as this fucking powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you say there's a couple of songs in each album that define the, the sound of the band you want to be. Mm. Which songs would those be? Hmm. I think like 
I know it's a tricky thing to kind of pigeonhole a, a band, but no, it, it, it's not because it, that, and that's the problem. Is we've we've everyone's tried to pigeonhole us to make us because people want things easy. They want to understand it. Does it get tiresome when people reference? Is it going to sound more like Blossom? They uh, no, but that's what I mean. They, yeah. they 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 want you know, and in in a way it does. The new album is like it's aggressive, mm-hmm. but like it's aggressive in a way where it's not like Blossom was explosive. Yeah. Wildly so. Mm-hmm. It was it was flailing fucking. It was literally like you chucked a bunch of fucking fireworks in an old people's home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nuts. It was just like everyone's gonna get hurt like mm-hmm. we, you know, there was no focus to it mm-hmm. and then with this it's like um, right. with this time it's it, it, you know with Modern Ruin it was it was much more focused but about such a wide thing mm-hmm. about the whole world and how that was falling apart and, mm-hmm. and, and how that mirrors what was going on in my personal life and then with End of Suffering the, the, the sound got much wider yeah, really, really vast, really expansive. We gave loads of room mm-hmm. for everything, and yet that was about like the most focused situation. Okay, which is just like me dealing with my fucking like watching it, like the breakdown of my life and, and all the decisions I was making. You know. Yeah, and it's I wanted to talk about this. your music. Com- it's clearly autobiographical. Yeah, it's yeah. you wear your heart on your sleeve in a lot of senses. Fully. Is it hard going back to playing old songs from parts of your life that maybe you don't want to revisit again? Not at all, because the therapy for me happens in the writing of the song, okay, and then the recording of it. So once it's recorded, then I spend like a good month, two months listening to it before anyone's heard it, okay, you know, and that's where I make my piece for the song. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it's out in the world, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It might might have been about and experience in my life but I've already had so many months listening to it mm-hmm. really studying it making sure that I'm happy with, with what I'm saying and how it's being delivered mm-hmm. and then um, and then once it's out people are gonna they're gonna take it and appreciate it in, in, in whatever way they want mm-hmm. and then it belongs to them it's their song yeah and it will mean different things to them than it does to me you know yeah for sure and that's not for me to like I'm not here to sort of judge anyone or say no no it doesn't, the song doesn't mean that if the song means something completely different to you than me then that's a beautiful thing yeah music art it's about what we what we're looking for mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like the tarot you, you, you pull out all those cards and, yeah. you, and you find what you need for sure yeah it, you know that you you spoke in a on a stage road I think it was in Newcastle where you, you said songs like um, Juggernaut mm. they, they you didn't say hold you back you, you, the, the label kind of sticks around mm. I think you said the, it can be a noose at times yeah it, what was it about? I don't know if it was specifically Juggernaut, but what was it about that kind of thing that you felt was kind of holding you back? Or I, I think I think that I didn't think it was holding me back, but I think that like we made that album without any real thought. We just mm-hmm. let the songs fall out of us, and um, when we put it out in the world, it was very clear that that is what the world had been waiting for. Mm-hmm. We were like, "Fucking hell, this is this is what we wanted from you." And while that was a beautiful thing. If I didn't have to like keep doing that music mm-hmm. just to keep people on side, like I'm gonna like die miserable, you mm-hmm. know, because I've never written music for other people. I've always no. written. So every album that we've made is the is the album that I've wanted to make. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the difference now is that we're taking time, more time, to mm-hmm. write and to record and to like disassemble the songs, mm-hmm. constantly reconstruct them, re- really like try and make the best music we've ever written. Yeah. Um, and so like when we when I say like yeah we've got this album four is aggressive, it's aggressive in a really celebratory way. Awesome. Like it's it, it, it's um at one point we were gonna call it Demon Slayer. Okay. Because um a lot of the songs are about like about your demons Mm -hmm. about taking instead of like sitting in my misery and singing about how fucking sad I'm about it it's about well here's like I'm a fucking sword Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go and slay those fucking things well that's what I was gonna come on to like Mm. um, there's a lot of songs especially songs like Anxiety Mm. um, that really deal with it head on Um, and that's awesome people need to hear that and I think having someone like you especially talking about it not only is it does it resonate it gets people talking as well but yeah sure songs like juggernaut um were very important for for me like i've never struggled opening up mm. what i struggled with was the ego side of it mm. like i've always kind of accepted this beta male role okay um and songs like juggernaut were like is that fucking right is it yeah like you can be that yeah. and just because you you want to say yeah i'm not going to have that kind of shit doesn't mean you're a douchebag or an asshole it no just way. means you're you're fighting for what you're worth. I think Juggernaut was that for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Good, that's amazing. I'm but glad to hear that, man. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's a powerful song. But again, I, I guess it would lead to a lot of those. Uh, as soon as you hear that first chord, all the big lads run to the pit, mm. and everyone just gets fucking pushed to the side. Quite often, yeah. It, it, it's definitely like, yeah, I've, I've seen some absolute carnage. Mm-hmm. From just from him playing that chord, really. even sometimes he just plays it really slowly. Yeah. And then you watch like a whole just turns. It turns and it looks like supernatural. Yeah. It's, just, it's like you're watching a storm. Mm-hmm. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah, the spectacle. Like I said, we, uh, when we were in the the Hellfest show, yeah. when you got people to run around the back of the the <laughs> tower, the sound tower. Uh, you did it at download as well. You yeah. had me fucking exhausted. <laughs> I was done in. I've, 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 the amount of times I've jumped in the pit and had a, gone for a run, it's just like it's not, <laughs> not a vibe. Like doing like a fucking 400 meter sprint in the middle of a gig is not something I would tell anyone to do. Yeah, I'm not a medium distance runner. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of download as well, again, it's to stroking your ego a bit. You, you made a bunch of us cry our fucking eyes out. Oh, man. Um, you held uh, the phone up yeah. to the crowd and you, you were speaking to your daughter Mercy yeah. no one's ever going to hurt you because these, these people are going to look after you and the whole crowd fucking raw it was uh, yeah hit me right in the feels yeah but I think that's um, what separates your band from other similar bands like it's not just vitriol do you that, know what I mean it's not just aggression that's been the hard, hardest part for me is that like not is, is understanding that side of it because mm-hmm. it's easy for me to like I I've, like I have a quite good relationship with rage mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I've nurtured it I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I, I can switch it on and off as I want like mm-hmm. and I use it for work mostly um, but like it's been about understanding all the other aspects is life isn't just about a singular emotion and mm-hmm. yeah rage is important anger is a gift you know yeah. I've even said that like it's, it's it's how you use it 
and uh, we're watching that in a minute developing the world you know we're seeing how people are using anger as a gift yeah you know and how when it's focused it mm -hmm. can be really powerful and when it's not focused it's incredibly destructive you know yeah again it again linking those two things you spoke to to mercy there um and you speak about the world now what is there anything that you're kind of nervous about her growing up and being well, part Every, of everything like what would you like it's a fucking what would you like to see a change in the world like mm. are you hopeful for the, the state of the world that she's going to inherit like what can we do no, in our generation I'm, I'm, no I'm really nervous about that it's, it, I think it's even too too far gone what we can do what people don't think about is like is everyone's trying to like everyone's clawing and they and they're not realizing that there's so many people that there's so many generations above them that have the power mm -hmm. and unless we just take it from them mm -hmm. like they're never going to give it to us mm -hmm. um, so what I've been trying to do is just talk to my daughter, mm -hmm. teach her. Like, yeah. she, you know, she's a good thirty years younger than me. Like, teach her so that her generation, she goes into her classes, she challenges her friends, and, and thinks about things differently. And always, mm -hmm. you know, we should be teaching our kids to understand these things. And we never, you never do that as a child. You just, you're just cruising about. You're not bothered by politics. You don't think about the world. That you don't let it affect you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to encourage her to like look and ask questions mm -hmm. and think really, really think rather than just be told. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, yeah it's uh, for her I think like I'm I'm n really nervous about the world that she's going to inherit. Yeah, like just really really nervous about that. It's scary. Uh, yeah, I can understand. Like I said, I don't have kids, but it's like yeah, I've got nieces and things, and it's. It is not. Uh, it is a, a nerve-wracking thing, I guess. It is. It's ter It's it's fucking terrifying, man. Yeah. Because it, it, there's nothing like. I don't know. It's it's fucking scary. I've often thought one of the best forms of revolution is just to opt out of that system. Like there's certain things we can't opt out of. You need to make money. You need to pay your taxes. Yeah. Unless you live completely off the grid, you can't be totally absent from the system. But Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think there's certain things we might be able to. Yeah, I think I think with like trying to go off the grid and stuff, it's a really interesting concept. But then like, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Like, mm -hmm. for me, that starts like way younger. Mm -hmm. if you can if you can build if you can be there. Our role now, we've hey how you doing? You're right. Hi. No, it's okay. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's nice, nice to meet you. you. Oh, nice to meet you. How, how are you? Sorry. So sorry. That's so okay. I, um, yeah, it's open, yeah. Um, with with the with our generation, we've missed our shot. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, for sure. If you imagine the powerhouse of like governments, societies, world powers, one percenters, all that, like as the Goliath, mm -hmm. you know, and then like each generation is the David, mm -hmm. and like you can take it down with a well-aimed shot. Yeah. Our generation has missed their shot. I think the generation beneath us, even a couple of generations beneath us, mm -hmm. they've missed their shots. Mm -hmm. Like it's gonna be like our children's children that mm -hmm. have the actual shot at mm -hmm. taking down that system, dismantling mm -hmm. it. And that comes from education. Yeah, I totally agree, yeah. But that the problem with that is that like 
you look at the government now absolutely destabilizing like all all the infrastructures mm-hmm. in our lives like selling off the nhs yeah selling off the education system sell, selling off the postal service everything like mm-hmm. sell it all off it's just about money and greed and yeah. like and that is just to go back to the the higher the, the higher powers the the one percenters of the world the billionaires the, the Jeff Bezos is now, you know, he has the potential to be the world's first trillionaire. Yeah. You can't comprehend how much money that is. No. None of us can. Our brains don't work like that. Mm-hmm. We can't actually ever understand how much money that is. Yeah. It's scary, isn't it? It's it's unnecessary as well. Yeah. Like I'm sure I read somewhere there's, there's some relationship whereby if you've earned something, I don't know, hundred million, it's impossible for you to sp- that after that point it might even be ten million. Mm. It doesn't change your quality of life anymore. It, it, your quality of life remains exactly the same. So the rest of it's just an addiction. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a scary thing. Yeah, it's and, uh, fucking terrifying. Yeah, I really hope it changes. I really, really hope it changes. Yeah. I'm quite pessimistic at times with respect to that, but then again, I'm quite hopeful. Like it, mm. it depends. It depends what news is out there. Yeah, it does. It's fucking. It's a gnarly, gnarly world. Like all, you know, I I got I've got this shop and. That's like, you know, when the lease is up on this place, I'm going to be 50 years old. Yeah. Like, I'll be 50. Mm-hmm. And, and my daughter will be like 20. Mm-hmm. You know? So I will be hopefully renegotiating another long lease with these, with these to, to, to give that shop to my daughter, you mm-hmm. know, so that she can have it for, for her, her life if she wants it. Yeah. If she doesn't, then, then so what? I will support her, whatever she wants to do. But you know this this shop is going to be that's my legacy so that's you talk about like what kind of world you want your, your, your kids to inherit we can only control the bit that we can control yeah so you come in here you get a beautiful tattoo mm-hmm. in a really nice environment where everyone's really p- like respectful yeah and calm mm-hmm. and welcoming to you and treats you with love and kindness and compassion because mm-hmm. you're another because you're a human yeah and that's what you deserve that's what that's this is what I can control I totally agree yeah you know this is what mm-hmm. I can give my daughter and I, and I can I can create this little world for her and she can she can I can raise her in that and uh, and so like yeah she's going to inherit the rest of the fucking world mm-hmm. but that's not man if I could control that I would <laughs> yeah I can't so what I can control I will make out of out of peace and out of love now mm-hmm. and um, that's not to say that I don't think like Anger is important because it is, um, but I'm just definitely. I'm also respecting it in a way where I never have before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's um. It's a hard thing to comprehend, mm. like changing the, the the way the world works. Yeah. Uh, people are often oh, they say that oh, just the way it is, mm. and but without any notion about how to change it, and the same the the insidious thing is people tend to agree, the media is the enemy. But then they don't change their consumption habits of the media. Exactly. Like if the media is the enemy, don't listen to the media. Yeah. Don't turn, don't like turn notifications off for the news. Mm-hmm. Select news that is impartial, mm-hmm. like or like at least cross-reference across very like widely varying yeah, news yeah. sources. If you just go to the BBC, you're going to get fed like exactly what the BBC wants to give you. Same mm-hmm. if you go to the Guardian. Yeah. Same if you go to Al Jazeera, you're gonna mm-hmm. get what they want to give you. I always say try and take an average. Mm. It, it, there's a lot. Of, I, I think people struggle to 
they either don't want to or they struggle to they've never been taught to mm. read about the other side of the argument as well yeah so yeah. It, just going back to the content of one of your songs about terrorism yeah people would never think to actually read the Quran no. Do you know what I mean? They'd never think to actually read the thing. They just, yeah. oh, that's that's a guy. He's the enemy. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's, scary it's thing. It's really difficult for me because what 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 the media does is it is it uh, demonizes. Really good at demonizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it dissociates and it depersonalizes mm -hmm. and it demonizes and um and you and then you see like terrorists or you see victims of terrorists. And you never sort of think like that person has a sixth birthday party. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it wonder what they did when they were eight years old. Yeah. I wonder what they did when they were eleven mm -hmm. or twelve or thirteen or fourteen or fifteen. And, and then here they are at seventeen or twenty-three or twenty-eight or forty-five. Mm -hmm. And their life has led them to this path where, mm -hmm. at some point, and I, I don't think that took years. Mm -hmm. I think I think maybe it took a year or six months. Yeah. Where something went bad and they got and they needed something in their life and they turned to it and and it made sense to them to I don't know attack other people and try and leave their mark or like mm -hmm. work towards whatever goal they're going to. But we're all unfortunately human beings. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's what people like people forget that shit. Like terrorists are, aren't like monsters they're they're human beings mm -hmm. they've just been they've just been sold like a very different set of events and also like you look at it you look at like the like the migrant crisis mm -hmm. these people are not migrants no. they're fucking refugees yeah and they turn up on your shore and you're sitting there saying like they're illegal immigrants like mm -hmm. where the fuck are they supposed to go mm -hmm. because you because we the British have just been integral in bombing their entire fucking country yeah you know and these aren't people like you look at pe people coming in on boats they're not fucking they're not opportunists they're not criminals they're literally their teachers their doctors yeah. They're office workers. Yeah. They're, they're labourers. They're skilled mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And they're families. Of course, yeah. And they're just trying to get to safety. I think a lot of um a lot of that is a lot of the perception of that is symptomatic of the people that judge people based upon their worst elements. Mm -hmm. So I'd never say there might be some chances in there, mm. but the proportions would be so low mm. relative to the people that just want to escape death and destruction and tragedy. Absolutely. Like it, again, it's looking at newspapers. That they'll be, oh, you know, brown family comes over, mm. gets given a free mansion, and oh. there's uproar. It's like, mm. did they really get given a free mansion? No, I mean, they've been, they've, their entire lives were probably taken away from them. Mm -hmm. That's why they're here. Like, and that would have been on like orders from the West. Like, it, it's it's crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Shit. It's very <laughs> sad. Um. Yeah, I think, but I'm very hopeful about change. Mm. Uh, I don't know how long it will take. It's, it's. I don't think we'll see it in our lifetime. Like all things, is it's all a constant work in progress, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. That's what they, they say in yoga. Practice makes progress. Yeah. You know, rather than practice makes perfect, but it doesn't. There's 
is different to is subjective, different to everybody. So for me, yeah, it's a constant work in progress, and you just gotta like. I mean, you just have to work. Yeah. Have to work at it. So. Is that the same for everything you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, like, you know, take take my tattooing for example. Like, I, I I drew a bunch of sheets of flash at the beginning of the lockdown, actual tattoo flash, and I was loving it. Mm -hmm. And then I got to a point where I was like, oh, this is this is quite a lot of work. I've done done like twenty sheets or something. Mm -hmm. I need to like loosen up, so I so then I was like painting them in watercolor with no outlines, and I loved it. I used to paint like that all the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, these these are great. They'd make great tattoos, yeah. And then I was like, I'm gonna just sketch. I'm gonna just fucking get a black pencil and just fucking draw the roughest, crudest tattoos mm -hmm. I can do. No sketching, just bam, just mm -hmm. line it like pencil to paper, and whatever is there, that's the tattoo. Mm -hmm. And then I was using them. Then I was using those sketches as underlays to to then paint mm -hmm. yeah so it was like as direct as it could be mm -hmm. there was no like sketching for half an hour and yeah. working out and tweaking the design it was just like pencil to paper paint to paper done mm -hmm. and now i'm like i'm taking those watercolor paintings and i'm outlining them and yep. I'm adding shading i'm turning them into tattoos yeah yeah and they look really beautiful and they mm -hmm. look like abs they make sense as tattoos now yeah People weren't getting it. Like, I was like, I was like, I can make this into a tattoo for you. And they're like, but will it look like this? And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, it, you know. So, and that's, and that's a prime example of like imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't expect people to see things the way you see it because oh. they've got an entirely different set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is take that entire process and understand that the whole thing was a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the way through, I started with one thing, and all the way through, I've come to the end, and I'm finishing with a product that looks similar to mm -hmm. how I started, but I've, I've had this entire process of work throughout it. Yeah. And now, the whole function is way quicker, way better, way more fun for me, yeah. and the work is better. Like, mm -hmm. it's definitely, I'm now drawing the best tattoos I've ever drawn in my life, mm -hmm. and, and that is, falling into my work and it's just making me a load happier it's my, my customers are happier yeah everyone's getting quicker tattoos they're getting better tattoos. they're getting more for their money mm -hmm. um it's inspiring other people in the shop they're inspiring me so it's just and that's all been you know from 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 the process i like that i like that yeah i, I kind of look at life that way yeah um if i'm lucky enough to get a a little bit of time at the end to reflect mm. i'm never ever i've got a pretty good job I'm never gonna think, wow, that car was lovely. Mm. Wow, that house. It'll be the things I did, the things I saw. Mm. Um, again, it's it's weird to have measures of success on life, but if there were two, it'll be like the two I always think of: were the good of the people around me, and did I have fun? Mm. Aside from that, nothing else matters. Like, I'd, it would be good to make a mark in the world and leave a bit of a legacy. Mm. Um, but I think your legacy can be what you want it to be absolutely like my family my legacy will resonate with them the people i touch the people i see totally. i don't want a, a banner or a, a blimp or anything like that but mm. yeah it's a it's a funny thing this life thing <laughs> i'm not a fucking stupid thing to say it's a broad thing to say but no but you're, you're right it is. i um, say all the time i'm like man this is weird as fuck <laughs> yeah like living is crazy when you assess things with some objectivity and stand back and think 
what is going on? Mm. What is going on? It's uh, some of the things we have to see on a daily basis. Of again, I'm not getting at politics, but people, oh yeah, wear the masks. You've got to wear it in here. Then they'll get clocked themselves not wearing a mask. Oh yeah, you never had to in the first place. Mm. Like that's a legitimate thing. Yeah, it is. They're the people running the country. Mate, it's so scary. We dude. don't have enough time to go into that <laughs> to them fuckers. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. That is scary. Yeah, it's well, like when we were talking about education, and that's the important part, mm-hmm. you know. And they're just completely defunding it and um, breaking it down and just making it harder for people to educate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they wonder why they've got like the. the kind of young adults that they have mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're not teaching them they're not educating them they're not they're making it so difficult for people to mm-hmm. go to university and explore life and it's, it's really sad yes it's very very sad um shifting for a sec mm. one of the things i wanted to talk about was um we were speaking when we were getting tattooed about um the re-emergence of live music mm. hopefully when it comes back next year whenever yeah, yeah. is it tricky for you like do you get a, a a detriment from if you tour so hard and you're away from home does it start to affect you and if so like how do you balance that yeah it's, it's, it's obviously it's cathartic certainly not it's obviously it's cathartic and it's therapeutic being on stage and yeah and letting it out that that that's like it's yeah performance has always been like an integral part of my life my living mm-hmm. um but it's it's fucking difficult being being away from from family and friends and my daughter mm-hmm. is really really hard work mm-hmm. like it puts a strain on all your relationships mm-hmm. um, I'm certain it will put a strain on my work relationship here mm-hmm. you know but it's always been a part of my life it's who I am mm-hmm. and there are sacrifices that we all have to make um, and that's just one of them that I make you know in order to go because look yeah, I could stay put and be around for my family and my friends more, and then they would get more out of me. But what would I get out of them? Do you yeah, know what I mean? For sure, yeah. Because they wouldn't, my family and my friends, the ones that really know me and love me, they would never ask me to do that because oh, they yeah. understand how important music is to me, mm-hmm. and they understand how important my music is to other people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I kind of have a responsibility to go and do that for other people. Mm-hmm. That, that's my gift. Well, I was going to ask about that, but I didn't want to be so blunt. Like, mm. do you feel a, a debt of responsibility to your p- paternal guy, your caring guy, you wear your heart on your sleeve? Do you feel responsible for the people that you perform to? And not just about delivering a good show. Yeah. But, like, do you feel a bit of a, a nurturing responsibility over those people? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I care about my fans a lot because I feel that they care about me. Mm-hmm. Um you know that's, that's why we our gigs are supposed to be a safe space we call out the violent mm-hmm. you know misogynist homophobes racists mm-hmm. we won't have them nope. if, if we if that if that happens and we see it we remove them mm-hmm. like as quickly as possible um yeah I, I feel an enormous responsibility towards our fans it, it's it's not it's not my responsibility not get you but i feel it well, like, yeah and uh I have to check. I do have to check myself quite often because it's like it can be a lot. Like it, for me, people definitely they they lean on me a lot. Like mm-hmm. I'll get people coming for a tattoo, and it's like within minutes, I understand why they're there because they've they've told me yeah. the backstory as to how it's led to this point and why they want 
these lyrics or this tattoo and what it means to get tattooed by me and that's a beautiful thing and that that's part of my responsibility as well is to listen and to have compassion mm -hmm. and to never tire and and because every person is new and I owe that to them yeah like if I've if I've written a song or played a show that has had a, a, an enormous impact on them it's it's my responsibility to listen when they want to talk about it and hear it and and, mm -hmm. and, and it, it can be a lot sometimes it of course be, it yeah it can be quite a lot like and, and i've heard some like pretty traumatic stories mm -hmm. um but it's what i've learned more recently like in the past sort of two three years is that that's not my weight to carry but no you know yes and often like they're giving it to me and i can hold my hands out but but then it's not for me to take it from them and yeah take that with for me. sure it's for both of us it's really for me to hold while they set it on fire and then we just throw it up in the air. That's a beautiful way to put it, yeah. That's what we should be doing and that's what we always, that's what happens when you have an adult to adult relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. You treat each other with respect, you don't, you don't burden each other with stuff, you're not taking on each other's problems, you're, you're taking the, sh you're, you're taking the problem, you're making, you're sharing it, mm -hmm. which makes it lighter, it makes it known to the world. Yeah. And then you're working out a solution mm -hmm. and a lot of the time the solution is just to share and yep. talk and communicate and then that's not resting on anyone's on any one single person yeah for sure yeah you know? did you um did you have that kind of thing in a band growing up like obviously you're more accessible than a lot of musicians i'm sure yeah, um yeah did you even if people don't meet you and don't get to spend time with you mm. your your music and your lyrics and you as a person help people it's a nurturing kind of comforting thing yeah did you did you have that kind of comfort blanket in music when you were a kid like, was there any one artist or band that you could like not even escape into but you saw as like everything's going to be okay because that person's there hmm. never no i didn't no I never i never had like a it's going to be okay because that person exists i like i love death times mm -hmm. you know i love that band mm -hmm. um but I didn't, and I met I met Chino, I met Abe, you know. Mm -hmm. But I never like, I was never the kind of person that was like so obsessed with someone mm -hmm. that like I thought life was okay just because that person was around. Okay. Like, but I, I it was it was music as a whole mm -hmm. that was the supporting network for me. Mm -hmm. I would just put on record after record after record and get lost in the music, mm -hmm. and that. It was hearing people, hearing songs that resonated with me because, and made me feel not alone in the world. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter who'd written it. Yeah, okay. I was like, wow, that's mm -hmm. someone out there that feels the same way I do. Do you feel the, again, not the responsibility, but do you recognise that what the Deftones were to you, you are to somebody else? Yeah, I do. It took, took a long time. Mm -hmm. it took a long time. It's, it's weird as fuck. Cause I'm like, sure it is. One minute you're in the crowd, like, at Kentish Town Forum watching Deftones play mm -hmm. and the next minute you're in fucking you're in Kentish Town Forum and you've sold it out and you're playing it mm -hmm. and you're like whoa that's a fucking trip is it weird your idols becoming your peers I know it's a binary way to put it it's a stupid way to put it but no no it, it, yeah it's bizarre it's yeah. bizarre as fuck because also then you, you, you like a lot of risk there yeah a lot of risk oh meeting your heroes yeah yeah I get you absolutely absolutely because not all of them get it right yeah you know and and also 
you can meet that person on a bad day. Mm-hmm. Every everyone's human. We all have good days, bad yeah. days. And if you meet that person on a bad day, it's not. That's a lot of energy that they've got to muster to mm-hmm. to just be polite to you. Mm-hmm. And no one knows what anyone else has got going on in their life. You mm-hmm. know? I'm like I try and be really respectful to everyone that meets me and really thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always get it right. I, I, I do I do really, really try to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm a human being and I and there's certain times where like it crosses a line for me, you know? Of course, yeah. Like if I'm with my daughter if you see me out with my daughter, just just don't just don't come to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just don't like just give me that space. I don't mm-hmm. get to see my daughter enough. Like I don't want to have to like I can't let go of her hand. No. When if we're if we're around, mm-hmm. I can. But I don't want to. Well, yeah. And I'm not gonna let her be in a picture with you because mm-hmm. I don't really even put pictures of her on the internet anymore. No. I'm, I'm I'm trying to be more careful about it and give her some anonymity. So, mm-hmm. you know, and people are usually pretty respectful from that. Sometimes not, and then, but more importantly, like if you ask, just respect my boundaries. If I say no, just uh, it's For not sure. me being an asshole. There will be a reason because. If if I'm because fuck nine nine ninety nine times out of a hundred mm-hmm. I'll be I'll give you that photo. Oh yeah. And I'll chill and we'll chat and mm-hmm. it'll be kind. But like every now and again there'll be a reason why I can't. Yeah. So. Yeah. What uh again total shift, what Mercy listening to? Is she developing her own taste yet? Yeah, she she's when we're in the house, she's like, Daddy, play Solange <laughs> And I'm like, Okay, cool. <laughs> Beyonce's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. She loves it. Yeah, yeah. She loves the last. And then um, she'll just sit there and sing and laugh. Um, <laughs> and then when we get in the car, she's like, Daddy, play Tyrant as a King. And I'm like, what the fuck? Nice, man. <laughs> From Solange to Tyrant as a King. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, like, we've got a few, like, like so she hears the music before anyone else, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, she yeah. Hears, she hears the albums before anyone gets to hear them, which is pretty fucked up. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome, but she doesn't. I don't think she appreciate. Well, I know she doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> Bro, I serenade that girl while she's in the bath, and she's like, "Shh." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people would love to get sung to by me in the bath?" And you're yeah. just like, "Shh." <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. She's, she's, but yeah, she. But then, then every now and again, we'll get a remix of one of our songs, and I'll put it on, and she's like. Mm-hmm. Play Tyrant is a King, and I start playing the work. And she said, No, no, play the good one. The good one? Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> uh, brutal, kiddo. <laughs> what are you listening to at the minute? I know oh, that's a, again a massive question, but. Um, I go through phases, but like, I, this is the first month of my life I've actually started listening to podcasts. Yeah. So I'm listening to a lot of like Warhammer 40,000 battle reports. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Um, this podcast called Chill Team. Mm-hmm. Is that. Um, I tattooed a woman not long ago who runs the Macabre London podcast. I've just been listening to that. It's really interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then uh, and then music-wise, a lot of Mac Miller, mm-hmm. a lot of Michael Kiwanuka. Have you seen Mac Miller's Tiny Desk Session? No, I oh, haven't. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, cool. Real I'll, beautiful. I'll check that out. But yeah, just swimming. I listen to that album all yeah. the time. I listen to that album at least once a week. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like, as far as new music goes, like I'm just jamming a lot of idols lately. Yeah. Loving that. Crack Krangbin. There's this okay. band called Krangbin. It's like K H R U A N G B I N. Yeah. They they man. They're just rinsing. 
Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, you need like a glass of wine and a spliff and just like boom. Yeah. Just be away in a slightly fucking totally different world. I felt that about um the new Tom Mish album. Oh mate, it's so good. It's a vibe and a half. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Again, his Tiny Desk session was a uh, was something to behold. I'll I'll check that out. Beautiful. Our, our guitar tech Elliot Russell, he he works with Tom mm-hmm. quite a bit. So like yeah, we always. And we've all been fans of Tomish for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's so young. Maybe. For as prolific as he's been, he's so young. Hectic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Scares me. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I was I was a latecomer to Mac Miller, mm. a real latecomer. Again, Tiny Desk Sessions. My girl are obsessed with him. Mm. And uh, we watched that, and it wasn't until after he passed that I realised just how fucking good he was. He's incredibly ridiculously yeah, good. Really yeah, it's um. It's unfortunate to think the way it happened that mm. someone would not want to be there anymore. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That nah, is life, though. It is. Like, I mean, I don't want to bring it down. Have you ever felt like that? I have. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, the world knows that about me as well. But um, yeah, like, I, I was. In, it was funny because like I got really, really close myself, mm-hmm. and then I stepped down. But. Even after that, I still had like I still had all the the the, the haze of all of those problems, mm-hmm. and then I got hit by a car, and that gave me like the m- at, at most clarity I've ever had in my life. Okay. That I wanted to live. Wow, which was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How long ago was that? It's uh, coming up to a year now. Okay. Uh, might have even yeah, it might have been a year actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty hectic. Yeah, Very it's um, I've had a few instances of that, mm. and again, it's not until something shows you how fleeting life is. Yeah, man. Um, scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've been there before, and I've wanted to not be here anymore. Mm. And there's a couple of times that, again, tried. We're not going to, but tried. Mm. And then something will happen. And you think, fuck, life's beautiful. Like, yeah, it is, man. it's not. It's not even easy to see it. Sometimes, sometimes the desperation so much that you just. You can't see that, but then the hair settles, um, and you realise that it's a gift. It's a proper gift, it and not really in a religious way, but like it really is a gift. Mm. It's so fleeting and temporary. But all of this is borrowed. It certainly is, yeah. You know, yeah. It's just weird, weird. We don't own any of this. No. And uh, one day we won't be here anymore, and mm-hmm. it won't matter to us. So. Yep. May as well fucking make it count while you're here, eh? I think that's a fucking perfect way to end. Yeah, yeah, Frank, cool. thank you so much, dude. Mate, I really appreciate pleasure. it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Cool, man. Oh, perfect. Smashed it. How long was Smashed that? Smashed it. 55.